God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The topic of this workshop is Attitude of Gratitude. My name is Sheila, and I'm one of the leaders for this meeting. The other speaker is... This session is being taped and will not be edited, so please note that this session might be available online or on a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. Would someone please volunteer to be our timer? Thank you. And Nancy, would you please uh, give us a signal when five minutes are are remaining? The leaders share for 20 minutes each. All right. So I'll say hi again. I'm Sheila, compulsive overeater. And thank you for being here for this um, topic. And I really thought a lot about an attitude of gratitude and delving into what the meaning is. What does it mean, an attitude of gratitude? And then I... I um, kind of stepped back and and thought, it's a slogan. It's just a way to be. So first I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I came into program uh, 26 years ago, give or take a year sooner when I attended some meetings. I came in here, and I'll tell you a little bit, that I weighed 250 pounds. And over that period of time, I've lost more than a, about 120 pounds. And... Um, I love it. Uh, today, today is a beautiful, amazing day. The greatest gifts I've received in program are the gift of freedom from compulsive overeating and being abstinent for this day, this one day at a time. Um, I'm the oldest of five children, and I think that's like who I am. I, I'm a very motherly kind of person. I took care of my sisters and took care of my brothers. And I was parentified, I use that word when I qualified, by the time I was 12 years old. Uh, my mother was one of me and I was one of her. And when we were getting along, I was her eating buddy. And when we weren't getting along, I was uh, just being denied diet pills or anything else that she would withdraw from me. So um, I learned early on to be a people pleaser, uh, and at the same time, I was also very feisty. Being the oldest of five, I had a lot of parental controls on me. To My father would call it for the good of the family. So I would rush home from high school and watch my twin brothers and my sisters. And at, you know, at 12 and 14 years old, you're not a very good parent. So I bear a lot of the guilt of, uh, you know, torturing my younger siblings and being very rough with them because I really resented having to take care of them after school because I really wanted to be popular. I really wanted to be with my friends. They were all doing all kinds of things. And, you know, I was good in school and, you know, I wanted boyfriends and I wanted all of those things during those high school years. And um, it was always fight. It was, you know, if I behaved and I had a re- got a reward, I would be able to go to the dance. Anyway, that all culminated in um, diet pills, gaining weight, turning ultimately to food. Uh, As I got older, 
Um, uh, not much older. I went on to college, um, still struggling with food. It became Food became it for me. I wasn't much of a drinker, um, but I was rebellious, and I didn't know what to do with that anger and rebellion and guilt all at the same time. So I learned to use food and also learned to use diet pills. And that's pretty much my story. And it went on and on until I was like 45 years old. Um, I would try diets. I would try pills. I tried hypnosis. I tried um, having staples put in my ear. Um, but but nothing that, that had any true meaning to the inside of me, uh, the feelings, uh, you know, the, the kind of, you know, uh, 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 the romantic in me of, of of what I really wanted to be, you know, I loved poetry. I liked writing. I, um, I think I had a lot to offer, and it was just never coming out. I just kept repressing it with food. Um, by the time I was forty-five, I'd been married uh, like twenty-five years. I got married when I was twenty, and two sons who are now aged forty-seven and forty-four, and I have three grandchildren. So. Um, when I was 45 years old, I found this program. I, I attended, um, I had attended a couple of OA meetings back in Lawrence. Uh, one, and I particularly went to one in South Congregational Church. And, and, um, I learned about this program a little bit at a time, but it was pretty secretive. You, if you go to no, your first OA meetings, you have no clue of what's going on here. They're talking about, you know, your higher power, and I thought I'd only ever t- heard about God in my place of religion. I never really heard about it any place else. And I, I'm walking in here, but, you know, the desperation of being 250 pounds and wearing the same coat over again and wearing the same clothes. And I was a school teacher, um, and, you know, I didn't have a big array of clothes, I, but I tried to dress nicely and cover up everything with a nice scarf and a little bit of lipstick and smile, but the food was in my face. I mean, I would look in my face in the morning, and it was like red, and I had been, you know, waking up at, you know, 2.45 and eating a sleeve of cookies. And and then you wake up in the morning and you had all of the crumbs in my teeth and that was the only way I knew what I had been eating. So I came in here and I weighed 250 and after a few meetings I thought, well, I'll ask somebody to be a, a sponsor. And she said yes. And then she said, um, and here's what you should get for food and eat yogurt. And I said, no, I don't eat yogurt. I'm sorry, I won't eat yogurt. And she said, well, just try it one day. So I did. And then I ate what she told me for 24 hours. And for the first time in my life, true gratitude, I was not a liar. Because I had been told I was a liar, a big fat liar. My mother used to, didn't mean to hurt my feelings, but she told me I had legs like piano stools. And she would say, Sheila, if you could only be size 10, you'd just be perfect. So those were the kinds of things that, that turned me a sneak and a liar because, you know, I wanted to please her. However, um, I told the truth on March 24th of 1992 for 24 hours. And I can remember standing in the kitchen with my husband saying, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And he looked at me like, this is just another one of your money wasters, Sheila. I had no credibility with him at all. But I had credibility with myself 
I was so grateful. I'll never forget those first 24 hours. It was like 10 o'clock at night, and I I ate three meals, nothing in between, for the first time in my life. And it wasn't like Weight Watchers, and it wasn't like Diet Center. It wasn't like anything else I had ever felt, because this got to the crux of me for the first time in my life. So I just went through the beginning of, of... a little bit of my life, but I'm trying to put in what is the true meaning for me of, of what I can figure out is an attitude of gratitude and what is, what's going on that makes me so grateful today. That a week ago, I was screaming and crying over things that were going on in my life. Still abstinent, thank you, God. But uh, oh, here it is seven days later, and like it's a 180. Other people are behaving or doing what, what, you know, my prayers are coming true for the rest of my family, and I didn't gain any weight in these last eight days. And I had people to call. I call my sponsor and sob to her. I call, a, you know, I, I have a therapist. I call her. I talk to people in program. There is so much here that you can be grateful for, that I'm grateful for, that I have abstinence and freedom from compulsive overeating and then a million gazillion other things too many to count that have happened for me over these years Uh, for today uh, i'm healthy that you know i have grandchildren that i can run around with when i came into this program if i sat down in a park with them i could not get back up i remember going to like boston common with family and sitting down, smoking a cigarette on the ground and like having to roll over embarrassingly to just get up on my feet and just kind of smile and say, oh yeah, I'm here, out of breath, trying to get to a standing position. I remember what it's like to sit in an airplane and my body is overflowing onto both sides of, of that and trying to pull my elbows in so tight that, that I wouldn't appear to be so uncomfortable. I, I, those are such healthy rem- memories for me of what my life is th- today. Today I have, I like myself, and that is like the, the, another beautiful thing to be grateful for for me because I really didn't like myself, and consequently I didn't like anybody else either. I, you know, I, I was always the poor me's, and I was such a victim of everybody else. And today, I, you know, I'm a victim no longer. Uh, what, what I do wrong, I do it wrong. I, believe me, I, you know, I struggle with, you know, making sure I, I have a filter and trying to be still and not say anything when I have a strong opinion. I work on that all the time. I work on listening to my higher power. That's part of it. Rather than, you know, always begging and praying for all these things, just listening and taking the time in the morning for me to say, find out what is the next right thing. Um, I just went through Voices of Recovery, and I went through for, for today, and I indexed it and looked up gratitude. And if it just says so much for, for what is contained in this program because in For Today, gratitude, page 54, 78, 111, 146, 174, page 267, page 328, page 342. That's in for today. In, in Voices of Recovery, page 3, page 11, 20, 21, 33, 107, 287, and 315 all talk about gratitude. 
well, that's no coincidence that this program has set me up. If I do this thing one day at a time, I have so much to be grateful for. It, it is incredible. I write, I write every day in the margins of my for today and in, in the margins of my voices of recovery. And, and not only that, but uh, randomly I write um, my gratitude lists. And I just look, I mean, I have them all over here, little gratitude lists over these, you know, last 20-something years of what I'm grateful for, my sponsor, my friends, my husband, my kids, my health, my God, the ocean, just all of these things that I never appreciated. I'm still Sheila from 26 years ago. I didn't think about these things at all. I just thought that everything sucked. That, that I didn't have enough money to, to buy the food I wanted. I didn't have the car. Things were going wrong all the time. The balance, you know, bouncing checks, um, not paying bills on time. The, I learned how to behave in here. I learned about having good credit that, you know, it doesn't just happen. I learned about telling the truth. I learned about making amends. Um, I, I have still so much more to learn. How am I doing? How much? So, all right. So, my learning in here is the 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 boundaries, like learning how to stay within it, you know, and not causing collateral damage, and saying, you know, the blame game of what happened here, there, and everywhere in my life. You know, the world is, is difficult today. And I have to remember that, that in order for me to find gratitude, I have to step back and remember that nothing changes if nothing changes. And I've had to change my TV habits lately, and it's made me happy, and I'm grateful for it. I, I've had to, you know, just really learn patience and waiting and not exploding at things when people do me wrong. But I've also learned um, to say what I need to say and not say it as mean as I would like to. Um, just in a dealing today on, on the phone with, with um, a real estate situation that I was trying to conquer, I was being bullied by another man, and really heavily bullied. And then just not knowing where to, to put it with, with um, the other party. And the, I just kind of thought about it, and the words came, and I, I told him he was bullying me, and I told him that, that, that uh, you know, we, there's much nicer ways to say things. All this program stuff started spilling out of my mouth that I could say in a tough deal. And if I always find that if I act like, like, I sh like I've been taught in program, it, it just enhances every single part of my life. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you get called goody two-shoes, and sometimes people don't want to be with me because I don't drink, and people don't, you know, I'm boring, or whatever these things are. But at the end of the day, I go home, and I go to sleep, and I feel good about waking up the next day, not so full and gross, not able to get out of bed, able to be clean, able to just, you know, tie my shoes. I'm going to be 72 years old, and I am in far better health than I was when I walked in here in, at age 45. And last week I had a health scare. Um, 
I thought it was dying for, for a little. I thought it was having a heart attack. Um, there was a lot of stress in my life. But, you know, I, I went right to my doctor, and I did all this, and he had me do a stress test. And I've never done one of these before because I'm allergic to exercise. I really am. I'm flour, sugar, quantity, and exercise. So, but I lost this 120 pounds because of, you know, just like normal everyday living activity and energy that this, high, this my higher power and, and this program has given me. So um, they put me on the treadmill, and like I couldn't stop. I was like going up the hill and everything, and they couldn't believe that, that this was me on a treadmill when they saw my age. And then at the same time, they just did all this blood work on me, and I, I, don't, I mean, I'm so, I'm so grateful. I'm not on any pills. Um, I just got back blood work that said remarkable for cholesterol. I mean, this is amazing, but, you know, I'm so grateful that I don't eat flour or sugar today. Um, I don't know what else to tell you about me. I am, like, eternally grateful for for this program. I've lived through losing parents, losing my father, the, the most wonderful man in the whole world, and, um, you know, seeing my son get divorced, seeing all of these things, and I can still say that, that it's going to be all right, and there's always hope. Um, my husband has been up and down with illnesses, both physical, emotional, mental illnesses. And today he just sent me the most beautiful um, a harvest moon over the ocean. said, I'm thinking of you, Sheila. I hope you're having serenity. You never know what's around the corner. So, you know, just for me, just staying abstinent, doing everything part of this program to the best of my ability and you know believe me when I tell you my my sponsor puts up with a lot for me because I'm I'm so perfectly imperfect really but thank you so much wow I have to go after that Um, my name is Joan I'm a compulsive overeater Hi, hi everybody well I came into program uh, with the grace of my higher power um, in March 1980. Um, the only reason why I remember it was March is because it was Easter that year, and Easter was early, and so I came to OA at Easter time. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so. I was working, and um, one of the nurses, of course, you know, we all, all the nurses talk about dieting. So she said, uh, I went to some place, and I'm getting ahead of myself. I come from five kids, and um, I took care of my mother's kids. And I absolutely did not want any kids of my own. And so, in hindsight, examining one's life, um, I escaped the convent in, um, in high school. I went to a high school that had um, the same nuns that taught school for us at Rumford, Maine. And um, I went to school in Salem, Massachusetts in 1960. That was not easy to do. Um, my parents didn't visit very much because back then that was a trek. 
And so um, I escaped. I escaped. I saw that those ladies, they took care, they taught school, but they went home. They didn't have any kids. Somebody made supper. I'm sure they didn't do their own laundry. You know, all those things that, that are unconscious. And so um, I stayed in the convent until I was, I left the convent, I was 25. Um, it, it was, I mean, we, we were poor. I mean, we were, we were Milltown people, you know. Um, my dad did not physically show this disease till he was starting to be in his late 40s, early 50s. The five of us, the five of us, you know, my sister Michelle, she was thin. The five of us were fat kids, except for Michelle. We were all fat kids. Talk about family history, family disease. You know, it's amazing. And it's followed us through life, all of us. The four girls and my brother. My brother, my brother is so afraid to become my father. He runs, has run, has exercised at the gym every day, goes to work, and is so afraid to be my father. He's like this at six foot tall. Um, me? My drug of choice is food, you know. Um, when I left the convent, it was a it was a um, big decision to make. Um, um, it was you know, in, the food was prepared for you. You know, it's like there was you know I didn't have anything to do, and um, I went to nursing school the last year on the convent. And then I went, went uh, finished on my own. Um, there are some people who told me that I should um, stay in the convent for another three years because then they'd pay for it all. You'd been in this long, you should stay. I said, oh, I don't think that's going to work for me. I was totally, obs- I weighed 245 pounds. I was walking on crutches because my feet, I had bones, bone spurs, you know, and they, they were, they, you know, the doctor said, you know, your body doesn't want to support your feet. And that's what it's telling you. I didn't believe him. I called my brother. He's worked in the, in that field. And he said, Joan, if they do your feet, you're going to be in a wheelchair, you know, but I could not stop eating. I could not stop eating. Um, food, food is my drug of choice. There is no other drug out there except food. My disease led me to having a migraine, and when I when they started when I was when I was in my early twenties. I, I was out of work for a couple of days, and um, you know, 
And those, the, the medicine was made you sick to your stomach and gave, made the headache worse as far as I was concerned until it finally took it away. But they would, um, I would, I would take my medicine, I would have the ice pack on, I would get up to throw up, not because not at that particular moment I had eaten, but because the medicine had finally made me sick. So I'd get up, go throw up, come out, make myself flour and water, mix it up, heat up the water, go make little things and put them in and put them in and put it in. And I would eat that. I would go back to bed with my ice pack. I would get up and go throw up. And, I, and like, what normal person does that? What normal person is sick and then goes and eats more? It, it just doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't compute like that. But for me, that, that's what it was, you know. Um, I could look in the mirror and I could say to myself, I'm solid. They can't tell that I weigh 200 pounds. There's no way, you know. And I weighed two, when I, my last uniform was size 22 and a half. Thank God. That was it. I took care of people at Shaughnessy Hospital, which was a rehab hospital. And I was, I was in the throes of my disease. I would, um, and excuse me for saying food, but there was always crackers in the little kitchen, and there was always peanut butter, and there was always orange juice. And the bottom drawer in a medicine cabinet, medicine cart, if you never went in there, consider yourself grateful. It was always filled with sloppy bottles that people, you know, like such a perfectionist, you know, I wiped at the bottles. But it was so dirty down in that drawer. I put my peanut butter crackers down there. And I had the orange juice for the potassium to give to the patients. And I ate my way around morning pills, lunchtime pills, 2 o'clock pills, all the way around. There were some days that the secretary would go to make the order at 3 o'clock for what, the, what they needed in the kitchen. And she'd come out and say, what happened to all the crackers today? You know, there was a full bag in there this morning. I never, never admitted to it. But it was... Um, it was more powerful than I am. And there was no way about it. When I came to that first meeting, guys, I cannot tell you how I felt. I don't remember what I don't remember what they said. I do remember three oh one. Three meals a day you can do. Nothing in between you can do, and do it just for today. And I went home, and I said to my husband, Jim, it's different. It's different. Wait till you say, that's it, three minutes a day. And that's all I have to do, and there's different, no sugar. He looked at me, and he said, 
Yeah, right. How many times have you said that? You know. And then he said, well, you know, I gave up smoking, and I've gained a few pounds. So um, when you get down to about 200, I'll, I'll lose the rest of my weight. And, and I bet I'll get down to 190 before you. I said, all right. But it's different, Jim. And it is. Because the other thing I heard that day was ask God for help. When you've left the convent and um, the things that, that were around that situation, um, asking God for help didn't really come up in my regular vocabulary every day at that time. And so, you know, I went to meetings. I asked God for help. Attitude of gratitude. Ask God for help. Do something for somebody else and say thank you. And if you do that, you don't have to sit in your shit that day. And that's what I did. You know, that's one of my mantras. Ask God for help. Do something for somebody else and say thank you. One of the times that I was, I was really quite depressed when I was about 48. And um, anyway, my great nieces were born. My, one of my great nieces was born in, um, in Lynn, right around the corner from me. And I was having a tough time. And that little... She looked up at me and went, and I was done. You know, the depression was gone. But before that, my sponsor said, before you go to bed, make a gratitude list. Put five things on the list. And I said, I don't have five things to be grateful for. She said, put three things on the list. So I said, okay. I have a job, I have a car, I go to meetings. And then Melinda was born, and I could do five. Melinda's smile, Melinda's little fingers, the way she, she curls her nose. And, you know, I could, every night when I went to bed, I could put five things down that I was grateful for. And then I could put one of my own things, you know. It's a learning process. One of the Thursday night meetings I went to, somebody who, who was, she was something. And she said, I know, they tell us we can't ask for anything in particular. That's what they say, just Ask God for help and put it in God's hands and all that stuff. But she says, I decided that in the morning, I am going to say, thank you for my abstinence today, Lord. And I went, oh. And she said, you know what? You asked him for it directly. So how can he say no? 
He's going to give it to you if you do what you have to do today to be abstinent. I said, wow. You know, that, that little thing, every morning I get down on my knees, I thank God for my abstinence. I say, thank you. And at night when I go to bed, I say, thank you. And sometimes it's a little rougher than others, and I say, thank you. You know, there is no way around it. Absolutely no way around it. Gratitude. If I don't say I'm grateful, I stew in my juice, you know. And so, you know, an attitude of gratitude is absolutely necessary. Um, I have the my original big book. I have the original uh, 12 and 12 AA that I have. I have a little red book, and I have the black 24-hour book. Those were the only books we had. I still read my 24 hours. I know we have for today. And so I tried to make for to I tried to make for today work for me. And it doesn't. Because this book works for me. So that's the one I work on, you know. I went to going to meetings, you know, how grateful. You know, this weekend Look at everything all of us have, all of us in that room. And tomorrow, guys, if you've never been here before for a Saturday, wait till you see Saturday. Talk about being grateful. You know, all the people, all the, all the people you can talk to. People are God's voice to us, you know. Um, and if I'm willing to listen, you know, if I'm willing to listen, I just, you know, this program is just remarkable, you know. I've lost over 100 pounds. It doesn't really matter. None of what matters is today. They've gone. It was just one day at a time. But today is the day that I have to work with. Thank you, God, I know that today, that I only have to work about today. All the crap from before but today, you know, today, um, I'm, I'm dealing with a, a, an issue with my stomach for a while now. And I've had to eat. I, I had someone I sponsored once that had to eat five meals a day. And I said, oh, I will, I will support you, honey, in anything you have to do. But, boy, I'm sure glad I don't have to eat five times a day. Well, i got to tell you. Sometimes you got to eat five times a day, and it took me a while to realize that, you know, I got, I got no choice. You know, that's the way it is right now. And, uh, you know, my parents, my parents both died within a month of each other 18 years ago. I went to, that year I went to the convention because my mother said, you, you, you've been talking about that convention, so you have to go to that convention. You know, and um, I went to the convention, and um, I called, and you know, but I went to my convention. I, I first of all, I didn't want to be here, and then I wanted to be here, you know, because going to meeting, being with OA people, you know, what better way to learn? You know, I I had no skills. I didn't know how to how to eat three meals a day. And 
I told people I don't eat cottage cheese and yogurt. Don't, don't like those things. So I'm not going to eat them. And I didn't. And I don't. But there's all kinds of things out there for us. And that is such a miracle. God does for me what I cannot do for myself. Left to my own devices, guys, I have to tell you, with this stomach thing, I would now weigh 200 plus pounds because I would be eaten sick. Because I'm sick, so I should be eaten. You know, that's comfort food. And, and that's not the message I get today. You know, today I say, you know, you have to take care of yourself, Joan. Put the next foot in front of the other. Um, this is about a way of life. A way of life. There's no doubt about it. A way of life. And, um, you know, I've stuck around now for 38 years, a day at a time. And I'm, I'm very grateful um, to be here. Um, and uh, I wish you all to have a wonderful peaceful, spiritual, letting go, whatever needs to be done for you, that you can listen, that we can all listen, and uh, continue one day at a time. Thank you. This workshop will end at 10.30 p.m., and we will now open the floor for three-minute pictures. The timer will signal you when you have one minute left. If you would like to share, come to the front of the room and form a line to the right. You must sign this release form before you speak, and please step up to the microphone and introduce yourself. First, tell where you're from and how long you've been in OA. We'd like to remind OA members who are in other fellowships to speak only to your personal recovery in OA. Please try to stick to the topic of this meeting. For those who arrived late, the topic of this workshop is Attitude of Gratitude, and the meeting is now open for sharing. Hi everyone, my name is Megan. I'm a compulsive overeater and food addict. I'm from uh, Westchester County, New York, right outside the city. Um, and so I'm glad to be here. Um, very grateful for program. I've been absent over 10 years. Um, thank you. Uh, for the past six years, I was taking care of my mom, who was dying an inch at a time from COPD. And um, she passed away last year. And I'm grateful because I have a program. Grateful because when I wanted to binge the week that she died, I called a restaurant and they were out of my binge food. Because um, that was my higher power. Grateful that I had a program to go to and that when people told me I wasn't grieving right, that I had my program, that I could feel my feelings. Grateful that my sponsor is amazing and she had me do the step study through that workbook. 
if you guys don't have it in your town, like it's amazing to do the steps, that step study workbook. I'm grateful that I was able to forgive my brother for not helping with my mom and to forgive my mom for dying and raising me to take care of her. Um, but there's also some gratitudes I have problem with. Um, so I'm really grateful that I have a place to live on my own now, but I only have that because my mom died. And I'm grateful that I have this life where I can come home from work and if I don't have a meeting, I have nothing to do. But I only have that because my mom died. So it's hard sometimes to, to live in gratitude when you feel like your gratitude is at the expense of other people. But also, like, I know that it's not, even though it feels that way. And I hate having feelings. They're so hard to deal with. But I'm grateful that I have a program that teaches me how to deal with them one day at a time. And um, that I stop trying to define my higher power and I let it be, like, whatever I need to be at the moment. It's my favorite thing ever. Uh, The less I think about it, the better it works for me. So I just wanted to say thank you and try and be in gratitude even when there's chaos Um, because for me, life has never been a straight line. So it's great to have a program that teaches me how to deal with that. Thank you. Hi, my name is Patty. I'm a compulsive overeater from Long Beach, New York. We have a great meeting in Oceanside. So come on down. Anyway, uh, I'd like to thank Joan for that hug before. And uh, I'd like to also thank Sheila for sharing. Um, I was torn between coming to this meeting or the other one, you know. Um, Really for me, you know, the spiritual healing is, um, you know, I know that if if I can heal myself with, God, my mind, that the body part is going to take care of itself. Um, and I know, too, that if the, the feeling of gratitude is one of the highest levels of energy that your body can emit, emit, emit. And it's very powerful. And it's very positive. And when you have those feelings of gratitude, it creates more things in your life to be grateful for. And so on the, on the same token, I try to stay away from the negative stuff because uh, I'm real good at that. You know, the resentments, the hypercriticism, the taking inventory. Um, but I can catch myself and I forgive myself and I ask God to forgive me and I make amends to the best of my ability. <clears throat> We were gossiping about someone at work the other day because she steals food. So, and I'm like the food police. And so they were talking and talking and talking. And then I felt so bad. So the next day they still started talking. And I said, you know what? I feel really bad about gossiping and I don't want to gossip. Oh, we're not gossiping. I was like, you know, take it somewhere else. I'm not doing that today. So I constantly have to work on being... bringing myself up to that higher level uh, and being like God, who's my father. I have that power in me, and I know who I am. So, but I keep forgetting. So I'm going to keep coming back. Thanks, everyone, for being here.
Hi, everyone. I'm Charlene, compulsive overeater and relapse survivor. Hi, everyone. Uh, it was great to hear the topic. Thank you, both of you, uh, so much for that. I have to sit there and think, you know, today, what am I grateful for? And it's having good health, having, you know, healthy family, um, just being in the same body for the last 29 years, which, you know, I've weighed 240 pounds back then, and I've been in 38 years as well, Joan, and and back then, it was all new and scary and and everything, and today... I can sit back and relax and look at my recovery as the the biggest gratitude that I could possibly have is that that gratitude for the recovery that I've been able to share, you know, in this fellowship and being grateful for everyone that's passed through these rooms that has shared their recovery with me. That That is so important to me. I... Um, Two had program to thank for getting me through a, a tough time when I was losing my mom and when I was losing my sister. I mean, had I not had program and the wonderful folks I worked with, I don't know how I would have gotten through that, you know. And uh, so I just take a day at a time. I know that's all I've got. I'm grateful for every waking moment that I have my husband's funny. He'll get up in the morning and he'll come out. We're both retired now, and he'll come out, and I'll hear him stirring, getting ready to come out, and uh, so I'll pour his coffee, and I'll be in the other room uh, while he's coming out to the kitchen, and I'll not yell, but raise my voice from the other room and say, morning, and he'll say, is it? And I'll say, are you breathing? I said, well, that's a good morning. That's something to be grateful for. And, you know, so we both, and he's been awesome for, you know, over 30 years in program. He he still has his days when he doesn't get it, <laughs> you know. You know, always wants me to have, want this extra tomato or whatever. And I don't know. So I'm grateful, you know, grateful that you all stayed up this late and uh, so grateful that the speakers were just awesome. I got so much out of it. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Marlene from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Um, I've been in program 30 years. Uh, program saved my life. My whole family died many years ago. All my cousins, not my family now, but all my cousins, my mother and father, all died early from this disease. You know, maybe I learned something from them. I, I don't have diabetes. I don't have heart problems. I'm maintaining 162 pounds. You know, I could barely put my arms down or walk. I remember that, you know, I'm very short, you know. And um, this program's got me through losing a son and two grandsons. I would have not made it without people that love me in this program, you know. And this program has got me to uh, seven great-grandchildren and one on the way this weekend that from 10 to 2 that I can get on the floor and play with. I take seven of them to the park, and my one of my sons keeps reminding me I'm too old to have <laughs> seven at once. But you know what? I probably would be if I was carrying that weight. And I take them swimming. I get to do things with them. I get to live life. And this program has given me so much gratitude. 
someone told me at a program, which is helping me because, you know, I even binge on gratitude if I'm not careful, um, <laughs> to do 30 gratitudes but do one a day. And do you know how hard that is for a compulsive anything, you know? But I have done it. It does work, you know, because I have so much in my life that I'm grateful for now, you know. And I'm grateful that you guys all stayed up and that I made it here and didn't get lost because I can get lost in a paper bag, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, my name is Beth, compulsive overeater, bulimic, and anorexic from Nashua, New Hampshire, and I've been in program 31 years. Um, boy, gratitude. I, I heard, thank you both for your chairs. Um, the idea of thanking before I receive the gift. Um, years ago, at a, well, not that long ago, at a retreat, the um, person, the leader who um, said that every morning at the end of her prayers, she puts out her hands like this and says, thank you, God, for helping me receive your gift of abstinence today. Because I have a hard time receiving gifts, and I have to see abstinence as a gift, not punishment, and that helps me be grateful. And I have also learned things, I mean, just most of my prayers in the morning are thank yous. Thank you for helping, you know, I list all the people I pray for. Thank you for helping them on their journey through life. Um, it just, again, just so much to be grateful for. Um, I am not the person I was when I walked in the doors in May of 1987. And I'm so grateful for that because I thought I was great. Actually, no, I thought I was horrible and I had my suicide planned, but that was one day. And then, you know, later on in the evening, I was the perfect person in the world. And why didn't my husband appreciate me? Um, poor guy <laughs> lived with that. Um, but, um, I'm not that person. And, um, my first grandson, grandchild is due next Friday. And my son and daughter-in-law live in New York city. And I had said to them, when she's going into the hospital, give me a call or text me, and I'll be there as quick as I can. And I've been walking around with a knot in my stomach thinking, oh, am I going to get to my convention? So when I talked to him this week, I just told him, you know what? I'm going away this weekend. The earliest I could get there is Monday or Tuesday. And he went, oh, okay, thanks for telling me. And it was like, whew, I worried. But then again, I didn't worry because God gave me the words to say, and I'm so grateful for that, that I can do that, that I can say to my kids, you know, um, you're 37 years old. You can get your own glass of ice water, you know, because I did for my older one all the time. But um, I have also done gratitude lists mentally, you know, like the guy cuts you off and God bless him. Get him safely to wherever that person is going um, other than whatever I would have said before, um, and just be grateful that I can do that. And sometimes, you know, in traffic, just like, I'm grateful I have a car. I'm grateful I filled up with my tank with gas before I came on this trip and was stuck in traffic. Um, also doing an alphabet gratitude list. Um, again, you know, that's how many, what is it, 24 letters in the alphabet? And just, tw thank you, 26. I don't know what alphabet I'm thinking of. That, that eliminates Q and X. Um, <laughs> But, you know, writing it on a legal piece of paper, and I can just fill up those, again, with a compulsive. Just one thing I'm supposed to be grateful for? How can I pick just one? 
but um, I'm grateful I came to this workshop, and I'm grateful for what both of you shared and that all of you are here. Thanks. Hi, my name is Kelly. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, we come from Ottawa, Canada, around there on the Quebec side. Um, I hope you can see me. <laughs> um, I've gone through most of my life, and I turned 50 this year, not liking myself, hating myself, thinking everything was done to spite myself and to make me unhappy, and then I found a way. And that changed my life. It changed my life because I learned to look at life the other way. And to see the beauty in my life. And to learn to like myself. To look in the mirror and not just see the overweight. But see, oh, you have beautiful blue eyes. And, and, and see nice things about myself. To learn uh, my attitude of gratitude is all the little things in my life. Don't look for the big things. Look for the little things. That's what I learned in a way. The little things are my cat sat in my lap. My busy 22-year-old daughter found half an hour to chat with me today. Uh, it's all the little things in my life that make a difference. It's don't worry about the big process and all your life goals. Worry about the trip to get there. That's what the attitude of gratitude and being positive has done for me. For example, I'm a big crocheter. I like to call myself a hooker. Um, <laughs> and it used to really upset me to undo all my rows because I made a mistake. And, and that's a little example of the attitude of gratitude and the change in my thinking that came working the steps and, and doing the program is now I say, hey, it's no big deal. I undo it. I enjoy hooking. So what? I'll just redo it. It doesn't matter. It's the same row I just did an hour ago. It doesn't matter. So I've really learned to look at all the little things and see the gift in them as opposed to seeing the other side. You know, I don't know if you can see me. I can barely see you. <laughs> okay, that's it. Thank you. Have a nice evening. And a wonderful convention, and thank you to uh, the two speakers and to everyone who shared. Really appreciate it. Hi, I'm Devin. I'm a food addict from Westfield, Massachusetts, and I've been keep coming back since 1995. Doesn't seem like that long ago. Um, I was raised by pessimists, and uh, my mom's a big pessimist, and <clears throat> um, I was always worst case scenario girl. I'd have to like think of the worst thing that could possibly happen and plan for that. Um, to the point where before I came into program, I would have serious anxiety attacks. And uh, um, I was truly given a great gift. I have not had an anxiety attack since 1996. And I divorced an abusive, abusive husband, went through custody, um, 
survived being stalked by him and had my car's tires slashed and, you know, mess. Then met my present husband, who I'm keeping, who treats me like a queen and has never said an unkind word to me. And I only was able to accept him into my life because of program. Um, Huge gratitude every day that I have him in my life. And when I told him, oh, honey, I'm going to Maine, and he's like, okay, have a good time. You know, no problem. Um, He reminds me, are you going to a meeting today? (laughs) Yes, I am. Uh, I was diagnosed with skin cancer in 2001 and went through the process, survived, um, have been okay. I'm, I'm going back next week for another checkup. Hopefully everything will be fine. Um, I have failed my last two mammograms and keep taking the test again and passing. So uh, I've learned to just assume everything is fine until I'm told otherwise and be grateful that I have health insurance. And I have good health insurance. So lots to be grateful for. Last year, my father passed um, during a hurricane in Florida at the hurricane shelter, and the state was closed. So I couldn't go down. You couldn't get gas. And my mom was there, and she's an invalid. Um, And it was very messy and difficult and very grateful for my brother, who just dropped everything and went down and started the process of taking care of her and moving her closer to us and, you know... um, so grateful for my family, you know. So lots to be grateful for, and so grateful for this convention. Looking forward to hearing everyone. Thanks. Thank you. We'd like to we'd like to thank everyone who attended this workshop, and we'll now close the meeting with the Serenity Prayer. I can, and the wisdom to know 